Open our Bibles, going to Hebrews 6. So good to see all of you here on Wednesday night. Glad to be here myself. Amen. I trust you've had a good week. Going to have a better latter part of the week. Going to have a great, incredible weekend. Anybody looking forward to a great, incredible weekend? Ah, we're going to have a good time in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We started this on Sunday morning, and uh, I want to finish it up tonight if I can. Uh, this thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I tell you. It's, 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 it's like some of these meals you get a hold of, and they just keep getting bigger. And, and uh, I, I don't normally use a lot of notes except when I'm teaching, but I'm telling you what, I got a handful of notes tonight. So... We may be here a while. Paul preached and about midnight, some fellow fell out of a window and died, and they just raised him back up and went on. <laughs> we won't keep you here that late. <clears throat> Amen. Hebrews 6. I've already had confirmation, though, that this is the mind of the Lord, the Scripture, and it was the mind of the Lord for the timing of it. Uh, this, these Scriptures... There, there's just something about them, and I'm going to read it to you, and we're going to go into it a little bit. But there, there's an area here, just one little place here, that can be used as a negative if you use it wrong. If you use it right, it's a positive. There's nothing in this scripture I'm going to read to you tonight that's something to be fearful of. There's nothing there that would condemn you, but people have used it. The devil has tried to use it to condemn people for many, many years. And I already had one man came to me after church Sunday morning and said, you know, I just had somebody try to use that against me recently. So let me go in. Hebrews, the sixth chapter, the first verse. And, and, and I want you to just notice how this starts out. This starts out by saying, hey, let's move into deeper things. Let's move into higher things. Let's, get, let's learn some new things. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And, that, and he said, we're not leaving them as, as, in such that we're abandoning them. We're just moving on into other things. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go, go on into perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. These are foundational teachings, doctrines. And Paul said, let's, let's don't just keep going around around a circle and, and, and keep doing these same things. Let's go on. And this will we do if God permit. Listen to this. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the worlds to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified of themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, let me tell you what this didn't say. This didn't say that after you receive the Holy Ghost, if you make any kind of mess up, you can never be forgiven. Didn't say that. But the devil has tried to use that. 
I, this is just something I want, you, I want you to understand. We need, we need discerning of spirits operating in this hour more than ever before. Discerning of spirits is this. It's not what's said, but it's the spirit behind what is said. Paul had a lady that followed them one day, Paul and Silas, and she kept saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. Come to show us the way of salvation. But Paul, through the discerning of spirits, said, that spirit's wrong. What they're saying is right, but the spirit is wrong. Paul rebuked that spirit. It came out of her. Now, they wound up getting beat up over it, and then the Lord broke the jail up and started a church where there used to be a jail. Isn't that a great thing? Praise God. But I just, listen, listen, let me tell you something. Sometimes when people say things and you feel spirit on it, the devil's a spirit too. So you need discernment. And if it at all goes against anything in the Word of God, it's not God. God's Word is not contradictory. Lord bless you. You can be seated tonight. Thank you, Brother Cruz. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we, we talked about it a little bit, went into some of this on, on Sunday morning. Paul said, let's, let's move into some higher stuff. Let's move into some new stuff. Wouldn't it be a, incredible if you had a four-floor house and you never got off the first floor? You never knew what was on the second floor or the third or the fourth. You just never went up there. Well, that's kind of the way we are in the spirit, to be honest with you. I fear that sometimes we have gone again and again and again around that same mountain and drove home the same stakes. But you know what? Every once in a while, we need to broaden our stakes, broaden our, 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 our tents and make bigger places. And so uh, this is what Paul was saying. Let's go into some higher places. And then Paul, having that perception and the anointing of the Holy Ghost on him, he said, you know, there's something I need to cover right here. You see, the devil will lie. He started a lie resurrection morning. Resurrection morning, they had a whole bunch of soldiers sitting outside the tomb. They had, they had everything they could do to make that thing secure, and yet he was gone. And so they said, we need to lie about this. We need to make a story up and say they stole him. So the devil started to lie resurrection morning. I want you to understand from the very inception of the church, the devil has tried to lie. The first day that the Holy Ghost was poured out, he said, these guys are drunk. They're drunk. And, and, and Peter said, they're not drunk like you think they're drunk. I didn't say they wasn't drunk, but they're not drunk like you thought. It's not belly highs, not old crows, none of that stuff. They got drinks from the other side, praise God. And so this, this is something I want to cover. From the very inception of the church, Paul felt a need to straighten something out here because he was already detecting that the devil would try to trap people. I'm just, I'm just going to speak my heart. I don't think, and I've known some precious saints of God that, I, I mean, they, they look like they had halos already. But, Brother Gandy, I don't know that anybody's going to make it out of here without making some kind of little mistake after they get the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and since you got the Holy Ghost, you hadn't made one little slip up, you hadn't had one thought that was wrong, one intention that was wrong, one motive, you hadn't had one moment when your old man rose up and you had to stuff it back down, you're a blessed soul, I can tell you that right now. You're better than 99.9 .9 of the folks I know. 
I, I, this preacher one time, I, I, he was teaching on perfection, and he asked, was there anybody perfect in the building? One little old man stood. It just shook the preacher up. He said, are you perfect? No, I'm standing in behalf of my wife's first husband. <laughs> that fellow was perfect. You, you, there's a lot said there you wasn't said, I can tell you right now. <laughs> but listen, we're going on to perfection. We're going on into our walk with God. I don't want you to get to the point of thinking, well, I can just live any way I want to live. No, we're striving for perfection. We're growing. We're learning. We make mistakes and we learn from that mistake and don't make it the second time, praise God. I just want you to understand that. I'm not trying to open the door for folks just to go out and say or do anything you want to do. But I'm just going to tell you right now, after you receive the Holy Ghost, if you make a mistake, you don't have to quit living for God. You don't have to go back to the world. You don't have to go back. This brother right over here told me that somebody told him that very thing. You made a mistake, go on, you can't ever get right with God again. That is wrong. Everybody say wrong. In the name of Jesus, it is wrong. But let me go in this and look at it a little bit. Paul talked, and I'm not going to go back into verse 1, 2, and 3. We covered them already and talked about them. And, and he said, it's impossible. This is what he did say. Now, I'm going to leave out some. He said, it is impossible if you fall away to renew us again unto repentance. He didn't say it was impossible. He said, it's impossible to go back through that door again. Can't go back through that door again. Let me, let me take just a moment and talk to you about the difference between repentance and forgiveness. Some people get those two mixed up. When you repent, you determine in yourself, I'm not going to live for the devil anymore. I'm not going to live the way I used to live. I'm going a different direction. Repentance is turning 180 degrees and going the other way. Praise God. I was going north. Now I'm going to go south. That is repentance. And God will, uh, God will enable you. He will give you grace and strength to truly repent. John told them that when he came down the river, he said, show me some fruits that you really are repenting. Show me you're wanting to change and I'll baptize you. But but until you show me you're wanting to do different, I'm not. Now, this was a special case. He was talking to some people that were just wanting to get in the flow with everybody else and do what they were doing. He said, No, 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 you hadn't changed a lick. You hadn't done anything. There's been no remorse, none. Now, there's a difference between repentance and forgiveness. When you ask God to forgive you, and, and, and Brother Mike, I'm so glad you don't have to list every day and every hour and everything you said wrong. I'm so glad you don't have to go down and think back to 1975. What, what was it I said that year? Let me ask my wife. She may know. <laughs> oh, love picking at her. Not that way at all. Not that way. At all. She's not always bringing up my faults in front of me. I want you to understand. I wouldn't have you believe that at all. But we don't have to do that. When you confess, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I want God to forgive me. I want God to cleanse me. I want God to lead me. I want God to... When you tell him that, brother, the scripture says when you confess, the blood will wash you. God will forgive you. You unleash a flood of the blessings of God. I'm going to tell you what now. There's some things in the spirit that 
when you do them, they will just, they'll turn on a faucet that'll flow like nothing you ever seen. And when you confess it unto God, I'm, I've done wrong, I'm a sinner, I want you to forgive me, I want to accept your blood, I want to accept your sacrifice. Brother, you're opening a door that things are gonna flow out of. I mean, it's gonna be a flood of the love of God and the power of God and the mercy of God. Let's everybody clap our hands just a little bit to the Lord in Jesus' name. But Paul said it's impossible for those that were once enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, partakers of the Holy Ghost, have tasted the good word of God, powers of the world to come, if they fall away to renew them again in repentance, seeing you crucified yourself, the Son of God, afresh. Now let me get into this a little bit. I want to go into this and look at it, and I got a lot of places to go, but I want to take time to get there. Now listen, let me ask you something. How, how in the world can we look at this and understand it? We're going to have to go in the Old Testament. I'm going to have to bring some types and shadows up to show you what the, the writer was talking about here. When you go back into the book of Numbers and you begin to look and, and you begin to understand that the children of Israel were traveling through the wilderness and the scripture said, and it's in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4 that actually talks about that rock that followed them. At Horeb, they got thirsty. They needed something to drink. And so they began to cry out, I wish we'd have stayed in Egypt. I wish we'd have just stayed over there with Pharaoh. And Moses went to the Lord, and the Lord said, Moses, take your rod and smite that rock. And out of that rock will come water. And Scripture said that typically that was Christ. That, that rock was representative of Christ. They smote it one time and enough water came out of that rock to give water to between two and a half and five million people plus the animals. I mean, there's water just gushing out of that rock. When you obey the word of God and when you do what God has said, brother, it opens doors where there shouldn't be a door. It opens a fountain right on a rock where there shouldn't be a fountain, praise God. But listen, later... When they got down to Kadesh, they got thirsty again and there was no water. And they began again to say, I wish we stayed in Egypt. I, we, did, we had it better over in Egypt. And so Moses again went to the Lord and said, Lord, what do we do now? And the Lord said, don't strike that rock again. Speak to it this time. Moses in his frustration. Now, I'm, I'm just going to drop this in to somebody. Don't let other people's actions get you so frustrated that you break the laws of God yourself. That you disobey the Lord. Moses got frustrated about other people's lives. And rather than speaking to that rock, brother, he struck it again. And didn't just do it once, he did it twice. Now, God was merciful, water flowed out of the rock. But because of that one action, Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. God said, nope, I told you not to strike it again. That rock was Christ. So symbolically, he was carrying him back to the cross and crucifying him the second time. And God said, you cannot do that. You cannot crucify him twice. You can't do it. There's, a set, there's another way of approaching it. There's another way of getting clear. There's another way of getting thirst uh, taken care of. And in the New Testament, I want you to understand we repent when we come to God. Everybody's got to repent. 
Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll all die in your sins. Praise God. He told John, and John preached repentance and baptism. John was a, was a transition prophet, bringing them from the Old Testament into the New Testament. But I want you to understand something. When they preached repentance, it was a, it was a one-time situation of repentance. Now, you can leave and come back, but I just want you to understand, you can't put him on the cross a second time. You cannot take him up there and, and, and put the... Put the, put the nails in him the second time. There's another avenue of approach if you ever do that. Let me go into it. I want to look at it. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. He said, speak to that rock. Church, can we ever just stop and understand the power that's in speech? Brother Mike, the tongue has the power of life and death in it. The tongue has the power to bind and to loose. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. If we could ever get the understanding that there's such power in speech, but we, we get hesitant, we won't use the word of God. Whatever you ask in my name, believe in it shall be done. I want you to understand that when you speak, there's power. When Jesus when, when the Lord created the worlds, when he brought out of nothing a universe, he spoke and light shined. He spoke and a world flowed out of a void. He spoke and a universe began to manifest itself. Planets and, and, and stars and all kinds of stuff, moons and suns came out of a void because of the word of God. And every creative day after that, he spoke and mountains began to rise out of the sea. He spoke and trees began to grow on the mountains. He spoke and birds flew up in the tree. Oh my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Yeah, I want you to understand there's incredible power in the tongue. You loose the creative power of God. You can speak into your children. I want you to know the patriarch spoke and God honored what they said about their children for generations to come. I want you to understand they spoke and said about this boy, you're going to be a prince. You're going to have the key to the victory in your hands. You're going to have your enemy's throat in your hands. He told you to that. The worshipers, the praisers are going to have the throat of their enemies. Brother, if I can get my hand around your throat, I'm probably going to win this thing, praise God. But the, 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 the forefathers spoke and God honored what they spoke. I'm a great believer in patriarchal prayers and, and, and matriarchal prayers. There are women in this building that can pray prayers over your children and three generations deep praise God God will look back and honor your prayer and he'll touch your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren praise God four generations deep the word you spoke is still ringing in the mind of God oh my Lord I feel the Holy Ghost daddies and mamas go ahead and create a world for your children to live in go ahead sister Bradshaw I believe in this with all of my heart that we can speak and God will honor what we speak. If we're living for him with all of our heart, if we're obeying the word of God, when we raise up and we begin to speak, God will say, I'll honor that. He honors me, I'll honor him. She honors me, I'll honor her. There's power in speaking, praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need to speak the word of the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. When you begin to speak, when you begin to let your voice out, you are emulating what God did in creation. 
Paul spoke and people lived that were dead. Paul spoke and blinded eyes open. And if you've been around the church very long at all, you've seen situations that should have been impossible. Had a, had a message sent to me this week from a man. He was up in Ohio and, and, and he had, they had called and asked us to be praying and we prayed. And we weren't the only ones. There were a lot of people. But I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to take my little chunk of it. I'm going to let my faith build my faith a little higher, praise God. I prayed over that. And a man that should be dead is alive tonight. A man that the doctors had given up on is living tonight. A man that had cancer ravaging his body has no more cancer, praise God. I'm talking about speaking the word of the Lord, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Friend of mine had a, had a son that was all of a sudden had cancer and they, they were going through treatments, all kinds of stuff. It wasn't looking good. One morning early, the Lord spoke to me. I'd never had him speak to me, this to me before. I called my friend. I said, hey, I want you to do me one favor today. He said, what you want? I said, I don't want you to pray all day today. He said, that's my boy in there, my only boy. I said, yes, sir, but today I'm taking over the praying. I want you to worship all day long. The Lord spoke to me and said for me to do the praying today, not that I pray better than you, but I want you to do nothing but go ahead and praise him and thank him. I want you to step into tomorrow. I want you to step into the future in the word of God and the spirit of God, and I want you to go ahead and thank him just like you will the day you get the word that the cancer's gone. I want you to go ahead and let faith get a hold of you and step into the future, praise God, and praise him. He said, I'll do it. Two o'clock that afternoon, my phone rang and said, preacher, you're never gonna believe it, but the doctor walked in today and said, it's totally in remission. It's totally going away. Praise God, I'm talking about speaking the power of the world. Oh, we ought to love him a little bit. We ought to make a little noise in here tonight. Clap your hands, raise your voice. Live this for his name, lift his name and praise him. He shut the some of the great men that, that, that were in our generation, I want you to understand, people would call from all over the world and ask them to pray. And they would speak a word and that word would go by faith a thousand miles to the other side of the world and healing would flow into a man's life. I just want you to understand your, your lips have life in them. Your lips have power. They've got anointing. You may not be called to preach, but you can stand up and pray. And the power of God will flow to another nation, praise God. One of the most incredible things I ever had in my life. A few years ago, two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, I was praised, worshiping God in my office and God carried me in the spirit. He carried me first into a nation that was a, a Middle Eastern country. I could tell by the architecture and I could tell by, by the clothes that people wore. I was on the side of a hill looking across a valley at a city over there and Brother Mike, the Lord said, I want you to bind every lying devil. I want you to bind every spirit that's, that's, that's trapping those people. I want you to loose the power of God. 
I want you to lose truth. I began to speak into that city. I heard people that were speaking that language. They were singing and praising God. And before long, the Spirit came on me and I began to speak in the language they were speaking. And I could feel it. We were binding devils. We were loosing the power of God into that heathen nation. We were loosing the love of God into a people that didn't know him, praise God. And then the Spirit carried me again into an oriental city. I'm standing on the side of a hill looking across a valley. And then the Lord spoke again. I heard people begin to sing in the most beautiful oriental tongue. And in a minute when the Spirit moved on me, I began to speak in an oriental tongue. And I was binding lying spirits, binding hereditary the doubtful spirits. I was loosing the power of truth into that world, praise God. But I want you to understand there's power in the Spirit, praise God. In a minute, the Spirit got a hold of me and was like a vortex, carried me up. And in a second, it set me back down into Scotland or, or, or Ireland, one of the two. I could look into a beautiful green valley. I was looking up at a little city setting up there, Sister Gail, a beautiful little river running through it. I heard people begin to worship God in a beautiful Gaelic tongue. Brother Mike, in a minute, the Spirit came on me. I began to bind those devils and loose the Holy Ghost and loose the Word of God in that city. And you know what God did about a month later? I called a friend of mine and I said, Hey, preacher, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to go to Ireland. I said, you're doing what? There's a brand new city just opened up. We're going to be able to put missionaries in there. We're going to be able to put truth in there. I thought, yeah, a month ago, the Spirit of God, oh, the Spirit of God opened the door, praise God. Church, I'm talking about going into some deeper things, walking in some new elevation. Anybody want to go higher? Anybody want to get deeper? Anybody want to speak power and power? Anybody want to be used of the Lord to loose continents, praise God, to loose nations, praise God. Oh, come on, come on, come on. We all love him a little bit right now. There's something in the Holy Ghost opening up right here. Somebody's understanding is gonna open up a little bit. I want you to know your lips can speak life in the souls, praise God. Oh, we need to stand on our feet. Everybody in the building, we need to stand on our feet a minute and lift our hands and love the God of heaven. You know what I want you to do? I want you to speak into Tyler. I want you to speak into every little community. I want you to speak into the suburbs. I want you to speak a revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. I want you to speak into those Baptist churches, into those Methodist churches. When you drive by them, speak life into them. When you drive by them, stop in the parking lot and pray over the souls that go there every week. God, open a door of revelation. God, open a door of understanding. Let the Word and the Spirit flow into that place. Baptize them all in the name of Jesus. Oh my, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's chains that can break all over this city. Walls can come down that have been there for generations. I want you to understand God's gonna use this church in this last hour, praise God. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. 
this sister right here has come to America and doing a work for God, but you know what? I want the spirit to flow into her family. I want you to point your hand right toward her and say, God, I want you to go into her household. I want you to go into her family. I want you to go into her cousins and her brothers, sister, whatever she's got. God of heaven, let the power of the spirit open a door before them that's never been opened. I speak healing into that home. Healing into those hearts, into those minds. Strength and faith and grace to overcome. Oh, one of you ladies, one of you ladies, step up here and lay your hand on her shoulder and speak it in Jesus' name. I speak power. In Jesus' name, I speak a move of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, I speak a revival into that home, into that land, into that nation. We take dominion of every lying devil. We take dominion of every false prophet. We take dominion of every teacher that's lying. In Jesus' name, loose them. Loose them. Loose them. Loose them. Come on, I feel something happening in the Holy Ghost. Something happening in the Holy Ghost. There's a stairwell open into some higher things. If you're ready to go to some higher things, lift your hands right now and say, Lord, carry me. Lord, lead me. Lord, direct me. Go ahead and let the Spirit operate. Go ahead and let the Spirit operate. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost breaking some chains. I feel the Holy Ghost opening some doors. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Step across the aisle if it's proper and catch somebody by the hand. Lift that hand up and speak into their home. Lord, I speak revival into that home. Lord, I speak healing into that home. Lord, I speak abundance, abundance into that home. God, I speak financial blessings into that home. I speak spiritual blessings into that home. Physical blessings into that home. God, open a door that's never been opened there. Let truth prevail there. Let the glory of God settle there. Oh, let an anointing come there that's never been before. There you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Kyle, brother Kyle, let your voice out. God's got his hand on you. God's got his hand on you, brother Kyle. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We take dominion of every doubting spirit. We take dominion of every confusing spirit. 
We take dominion of every spirit of carnality and fleshly lust. We take dominion of every deceiving spirit. Command them into outer darkness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you right now that the angels of the Lord wish they could walk where you're walking. They desire to look into what you have. The angels desire to look into what you have. They desire to have the access you have. Oh, they desire to have the access you have. Praise God. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Sister, move over right by her and put your hand on her. Sister Gandhi, would you come up there and lay hands on her? There's something happening in the Holy Ghost right now in her family. There's angels moving into her family. There's angels moving in there, breaking open doors that have never been opened in the past. Generational situations. I want you to understand God's breaking the hold of some devils that have held that family for a long, long time. We might as well follow the Holy Ghost here a little bit. If God speaks to you, I want you to go and I want you to pray and speak into a life, speak into a home, speak into a family. If the Holy Ghost speaks to you to go pray for somebody, I want you to follow the Lord a minute. We may have to come back and finish this later, but we're gonna follow the Holy Ghost just a little bit. God's opening some doors. God's opening some doors of influence that have never been opened before. Prevailing prayer, prevailing prayer, prevailing, prevailing prayer. Praise God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, revival, revival, revival in Tyler, Texas. Revival in all of East Texas. Revival in Texas as a whole. Revival in our nation. Revival in Washington, D.C. Revival, oh, God of heaven, God of heaven, God of heaven. Oh, break their bonds, break the hands of those that are fighting the church. God in your name, God in your name, God in your name, God in your name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We'll make our way back to our seat just a minute here. Let me go a little further. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I'm going to tell you what, you never lose by following the Holy Ghost. You never lose by following the Holy Ghost. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh corruption, weakness, and death. But if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap of the Spirit life and it more abundant. Praise God. Amen. We, you can be seated. Praise God. Let me go just a little further what I got here because I want somebody to leave here tonight understanding that if you've made a mistake, you're not shut off from the blessing of God. You're not shut off from the pearly gates. You're not shut off from the mansion that's got your name on it, praise God. 
I don't want you living for God just out of obligation. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. You don't need to live for God just so somebody else will come to church. Somebody's thinking that very thing. I only come because I want my wife or my husband to come or I want my children to come. No, no, no. God don't want that in your life. God wants you to live for him because you've got liberty, because you've got joy, because you've got peace. I, I, I take dominion of that lying spirit. I take dominion of that curse by the power of Jesus' name. I command it out. I speak liberty into that mind. I speak a flow of the love of God. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I feel like we just hit the rock again. I feel like the water's flowing, water's flowing again. I feel like we've just gone back to something we lost and we're gaining it back, praise God. As a church, as a whole. Look your neighbor and say, don't believe lying spirits. Don't believe lying spirits. They tell you you don't, you don't have a chance. You tell them, no, I won't believe that because the word of God don't say that. <clears throat> Titus 3 and 5. Scripture said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing. Renewing. You know what I did today? I stopped at a, at, a, at a little gas station down in Chandler and I renewed the fuel in my truck. Regeneration's when you become a new creature, when you're born again of the Spirit. But renewing is when you fill that tank up again. It's when you get in there and you get to pray and until you break through again, until you get rid of the doubts. Yeah, people used to say it all the time and we got away from it. We need to get back to it. Sister Gandy, I can well remember when I'd go to my pastor and say, this is going on, that's going to say, pray through over it. In other words, he said, pray till you get your spirit right and then God will get the situation right. When we get us right, God will get it right. Amen? When we can get to the point where we're praying where God wants us to pray. God, I'm not praying for you to burn your house down. No, 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 no. Titus 3 and 5. By the washing, that's, that's a result of repentance, the regeneration. But renewing is a result of confessing. God, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little dry. I need, I need rain again. I need the Spirit to flow to me again. It's when you go back to that. Now, I'm going to help somebody just a minute here. The night you received the Holy Ghost, or day, what it was, and you spoke in other tongues, that was not the last time you should speak in tongues. Paul said, as you have received Christ, so walk you therein. Somebody said, how can you people live for God that way? We get back to that place where we were the night we received him. We go back to that place of innocence. We go back to that place of love. We go back to that place of mercy. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get the Holy Ghost standing here having hard feelings toward people. You'll have to clean it out. Before I got the Holy Ghost, I had to call a man. We'd been on the outs for three or four years, and I had to call him. I didn't want to call him. I, I had to call and apologize. I didn't want to apologize. He was once wrong. So I made a deal with God. Brother Kyle, you ever made a deal with God? <laughs> I said, well, God, I'll try him one time. If he answers, that's good. But if he don't answer, I ain't calling no more. God just smiled and said, yeah, right. He answered. I apologized. He apologized. 
he invited me up to have coffee with him. Broke that thing. Been there for three or four years. Broke it. But right after that, I got the Holy Ghost. When you get back to that place again, that where you were the night you got the Holy Ghost, you'll get renewed again. God wants you to be renewed again. God wants you to become comfortable in the Spirit. It shouldn't be a little deal where you just run in talking and run back out. No, no, no. Get comfortable in praying to God. There may be times when you get into the Holy Ghost and you get to pray and you may be three or four hours praying in tongues. When you get into intercession, when you're, you're standing in the gap for somebody and you're praying, the scripture said when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit prays for us. And as a matter of fact, the scripture said he makes intercession for us. You know, brother, I come to realize one time that when I get into intercession, it's not always for a Japanese somewhere. It may be for Pat Phillips. Scripture says we're making intercession for us. Sis, you've got the Holy Ghost, don't you? You know what? There's going to be times when you and God just get to talking and the Spirit's going to overflow you and you're going to pray and you're going to pray in a language you didn't learn. You're going to learn to have faith in the operation of the Spirit. You're going to learn to have faith that what's coming out of your mouth is what God wants to come out of your mouth. You're going to learn to have faith that, hey, I'm doing the will of God. I'm praying like God. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to pray blessings down your road. They're going to be waiting on you down the road. And if you could just see in the Spirit, you prayed over that last week. You got into intercession over that last week. You're going to walk in the doctor's office sometime with somebody you love. And the doctor's going to say, no, there's nothing I can do. But the Spirit's going to say, no, that was prayed over last week. I, I led you in the Holy Ghost into the future. I let you pray for it, and then I took you back into the present. Somebody, oh my Lord, I just keep feeling this tonight. Sometimes God will allow us to step into an area ahead of you and pray prayers for things that are coming down the road. Just a girl, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me let me let me read a little bit more. I'm gonna help somebody. I, I promise you I am. <clears throat> thank the Lord. Everybody say thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Say thank the Lord for lots of notes. <laughs> I'm gonna have stuff scattered all over this pulpit. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Folks, the scripture said if we confess, we're forgiven. Let me go a little bit further. Let me, let me get into Galatians 6 and 1. Let me, Galatians 6 and 1. This is a beautiful scripture. A lot of you could quote it without ever looking at it. Brethren... If, in, if a man be overtaken in a fault. Now, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Paul was teaching an established church. This was Christians he was talking to. If a, and let me just back up and say it this way. If a Christian, if a saint of God be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I'm going to tell you something right now. I've learned in 45 years of living for God. When you see somebody make a mess up and you spread it abroad, you just mark it down. One day you're going to face that same spirit and see how you do with it. 
If you want to you wanna take yourself out of that picture, you stop right there and pray for that man or that woman. If you want to avoid that confrontation, you stop right there and say, Lord, love them. Even though they don't deserve love, maybe love them anyway. God, forgive them before they ever ask for forgiveness. God, I want to I wanna establish a, a forgiveness. Jesus hanging on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're making a mistake. I see people, I, I see it on Facebook sometimes. People will put stuff out there and I think, Oh, no, 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 no. I've seen, I've seen people go down that road. There's nothing but misery at the end of that road. But you know what? I'm not about to make fun of them. I'm not about to call somebody and say, hey, did you see what old so-and-so did? Did you hear what they said? I ain't going to do that, friend, because I'm going to tell you what. I set myself up to fight that same battle if I do that. I want you to understand if you're spiritual and you see somebody that's made a mistake, restore them. Restore them. If their shelves are empty, go get some bread and put it on the shelves. If their love is empty, go get some love and put it on the shelf. Go get some mercy and pour it out on them. If you see them, don't, don't, don't let me, oh my. I'm fixing to drag something out of the closet here now and show it to you. It's ugly. What's your first name, brother? What is it? Kurt. Kurt? Brother Kurt, brother Kurt, brother Kurt, brother Kurt. Oh, brother Kurt, let's go fishing. Brother Kurt, let's go hunting. Brother Kurt, let's go do something. And then you make a mistake. And the next time I run into you, you just Kurt. No, you're not brother anymore. You made a mistake. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a devil from hell. That's nothing but to inflict hurt on people. Don't do it. Don't get caught in that mess. Don't ever, ever, ever give in to that. He's brother to the day he dies and you walk up to the tombstone. There lays my brother. Praise God. There's my sister. She was sister when she got the Holy Ghost. She's sister the day she died. It's never going to be just Kurt. You'll never get me to call you Kurt because I've been there when people looked at me. Well, I used to be Brother Phillips, but then I made a mistake and somebody, oh, that's Pat. No, no, no. You know what? I said, I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you because down the road, you're going to run into the same devil I ran into. We'll see how you did. And I won't ever get to call you Jerry. I won't get to call you Mike. I'm going to call you brother. And I'm going to pray that God will take us both to heaven. Somebody received that. Somebody received that. I'm telling you right now, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God has got to be greater in our life than anything. Reach over and catch somebody by the hand and say, you my brother. You my sister. I'm going to go to heaven with you. <clears throat> James. Is this all right? Gonna be mad at Brother Gandy for letting me come back tonight and, and, and do this again. I, I begged my way back in here Sunday. James 5, verse 16. Now I'm gonna give you a little caution here. The scripture says, Confess your faults one to another. Now I'm just gonna tell you something. You better be careful with that one. Brother Nick, I wish it wasn't so. But I'm gonna really get, get I'm gonna get I'm gonna, I'm gonna almost get into Brother Gandy's shoes just for a second. <laughs> Don't ever tell family things to somebody outside your family. 
Don't ever, ever, ever get on a phone, cell phone, texting, calling, and tell anybody you have a weakness in the flesh when you ain't married to them. People get, people get to talking stuff they don't need to talk, and next thing you know, there's a problem. There's a spirit gets involved in it. Don't do that stuff. Don't, don't open the door. The devil will get an advantage of you. The devil will get a hold on you, and it's not good, praise God. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. You, you can just say, brother, I need prayer. That's good enough right there. God, take care of the rest of it. That you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Listen to this now. Brethren, if any of you, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him. People fall away sometimes. I'm just telling you now. People sometimes get, they, they, they get mixed up in things. They don't get to make, need to mix up. They, there's spirits of deception that are running crazy in this hour. I've never seen such craziness in my life. There are people getting deceived by things that, that they told me before they'd never do that, and now they're doing that. They've got their, their vision messed up. They've got, they've got their mind messed up. If they err from truth, don't go with them. And one, convert him. Well, you, who are you converting, my brother? He had the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. We preached the same thing I preached. And then a lying devil got a hold of him and, 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 and convinced him he needed to change. What are you going to do? I'm going to love him. I'm going to love him. I'm not going with him. I'm not going along with it. I'm still going to be me, but I'm going to love him. I hate that devil, but I love him. It's easy for us to hate the devil and hate the man too. We can't do that. We need to love our brothers, praise God. Love our sisters. They may be wrong, but love them, praise God. That's the spirit of God. Listen, listen. If one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner, God called him a sinner, from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. This may be the only place in the book where you and I it's said that we can hide a multitude of sins. Oh, Sister Martha, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Oh, she's got such a beautiful, sweet spirit. Has ever since I've known her. Now, her daughters might realize there's times when it changes. I don't know. I don't know. I won't get into that. <clears throat> Praise God. But, but I just want you to know the Scripture said if anybody errs, Sister, Sister Gandhi, that's saying if they backslide and you convert them, you convert them. If God wasn't going to forgive them, if they messed up after they got the Holy Ghost, that scripture has no place in the Word. If there wasn't a place where they could get forgiveness, this was this written uh, totally out of context. Let me go a little bit further. Let me show you. Let me, let me just explain this to you. 2 Corinthians Five, and I'm going, to, I'm going to close here just a minute. I know that sister had to leave and, and, and go early. She lives a long way off, and her kids, they explained that all to me. So I didn't, I, I didn't make her mad, and she didn't leave because she's mad at it. 
I'm glad y'all told me though. <laughs> Sometimes when you're preaching, boy, you're cutting down on it and folks get up and start leaving you. Hang on. <laughs> Let's do this over again. Let me, let me go. Look. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Some of y'all over here work in businesses where you keep records, don't you? Where you reconcile things. You, keep, you take the books and you make them, you reconcile the books. You make them come out right. The positives and the negatives are coming out even now. You've reconciled them. Sister Bradshaw, I'm so glad there's a ministry of reconciliation. I'm so glad there's a spirit flowing through the church to help reconcile people with God. Jesus was the man of God. He was God manifest in the flesh. And it was God reconciling the world unto himself by his cross, praise God. And we now have a ministry of reconciliation where we bring people back into right standing with God. Let me go a little further. I'll quit in just one second. Brother Mike, thank you so much for encouraging me. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> to wit that God was in Christ reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We had the ministry of reconciliation. Now we got the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Look at your neighbor and say, be reconciled to God. Be brought back to a level playing ground. Be brought back to first base and start all over again, praise God. I want you to know, okay, I got just a little bit more and I'm going to quit. Romans 10. Romans 10. Preacher, do you always teach like this? No, sometimes it's worse. Romans 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy... Now, this is a good old Baptist scripture. Brother, you have been a Baptist. You've been a Pentecostal. I feel sorry for you. No, I really don't. But I'm going to tell you what. I have an appreciation for folks out there that I wouldn't have ever had if I had never been there. And there's some people out there that you couldn't beat long enough to give them a cuss. There's some people out there that you could leave your house with for a year, and when you got back, it'd be better than it was when you left it. That we're not the only people that love God. We're not the only people that are preaching the Bible. Everything they say is not a lie. Don't, don't get that into your mind. I don't want you to think that way. They, they pray as much as we do. And God's talking to them. God talked to me in dreams and visions when I was a Baptist preacher and brought me to a Pentecostal arbor, altar because he gave me a vision of a brush arbor and showed me getting the Holy Ghost in that brush arbor, praise God, while I still was a card-carrying Baptist. So if there's any card-carrying Baptist watching online tonight, I love you. Let me, let me back up just a little bit more. 
verse 8. Well, let me go in verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in that heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Oh, my. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believing, speaking, salvation. There's something about it. Believing it in your heart and speaking it with your mouth. And God will bless. Brother Cruz, would you come back just for a second? And I'll close. I know you got to get home. You folks got school tomorrow and you got work tomorrow and you got all that. But I want you to understand the scripture did not say and does not say that after you receive the Holy Ghost, if you make a mistake, you can just quit and go back to drinking. You can't ever get right with God. God. It don't say that. How can we do it, preacher? We can't go back through repentance. You go back then through confession. You speak to that rock now. I'm sorry, Lord, and I, I acknowledge that my strength is only in you. God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for me. I, listen, there's two kinds of confession. One kind of confession is confession of negative things. I'm sorry, Lord, I made a mistake. But there's another confession that we need to re regularly make. I'm confessing I'm forgiven. I'm confessing. He loves me more than life. I'm confessing I'm the apple of his eye. I'm confessing I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Sometimes you need to confess I'm healed. Sister Martha, you know what I'm talking about. Sister Gail, you know what I'm talking about. God did an incredible miracle in you a few years ago. <clears throat> I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. I don't want you to I don't want you to feel like I can't ever be right with God again. I don't want you to ever feel like I can't ever get back to that place again. I want you to feel that way. Because I'm telling you there's a God that will restore and reconcile, forgive and cleanse and heal your mind, your heart, your spirit. Condemnation will leave. You don't have to feel like I got to sit on the second row on the bus. No, friend, get on the first row. You're a child of the king. Yes, yes, yes. There's only reason, one reason why the Lord put the story in there. We call him the prodigal son, but God never called him the prodigal, Brother Mike. He simply said there was a young man that made a mistake. And then he made another one. And then one day he came to himself. He said, I'm going back to daddy's house. No, well, some people would say, you can forget it. Daddy ain't wanting you back. You've been out here with the hogs. You smell like a pig. Daddy don't want you back. And back at home, daddy's buying new clothes for the boy and new shoes for the boy.
Back at home, daddy's fattening up a calf and saying, my boy's coming home. I know my boy, he's coming home. There's some folks I've went to church with in the past that are not going now, but they're coming back because I know what God put in them. I look at backsliders and I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never call you a backslider because there's a day when you're going to slide back that other way. You're going to come running back because the love of God will never let go of you. The mercy of God will never let go of you. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you even to the end of the world. Let's stand our feet all over this house tonight.